real stories. Real stories. From real midwives. This is Head On View. Day in the life. <laughs> she said, What? These are our stories. Hello and welcome to episode four, this must be four. 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 Woo. Mm-hmm. So today we are talking all things COVID, very timely. So I'm Carly. Laura. Penny. So we won't bore you with all the COVID numbers, blah, 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 facts and stuff, because everyone has seen that a gazillion times. Um, We're more going to talk about how it has affected us in our job. And so I think the first thing that initially happened in terms of COVID, like at the hospital we were working, I think I remember first of all, they were like, oh, you have to wear masks, like at work, like the face masks. Yeah. Which was just a little bit annoying, really, mm. having to wear them all the time. Like the very beginning, and then, we didn't wear them. Yeah. And then it was like face mask and goggles or like face, shield. the face shields. Shield. I actually remember one of the things that was wearing the face shields and I used to keep like hitting the babies on the head <laughs> with the bottom of my shield. Because it's like so long. Like, so, yeah, so then we changed to the to the goggles in nursery because we kept like bonking the baby. I mean, it was very it. beginning. Yeah. Of 2020 when yeah. it first started. I don't think anyone could have realised that we didn't it would have wear come to this. One of my many other jobs as well as doing <laughs> a, a hospital, I do flu vaccinations. So I'll go into offices mm. and do flu vaccinations. Oh, yeah, and I remember some of the nurses were like, oh, should we be wearing masks? And the guy in charge was, he was like, well, look, that is not chief health officer that's not their advice so they weren't recommending it so he's like so no we don't need to wear masks and then I remember telling someone else like my sister who's a scientist in England that I was doing it and not wearing masks she was like what what that's crazy and I was like well you know yeah we weren't and then we just social distance remember so busy hours and then everyone who had a any kind of symptom got swabbed and then the mask for June. So Bursley was one of the areas we had to wear full PPE. Yeah. But it changed a lot. So obviously with the COVID, it was like I felt like every day I'd come in and because I only work at the hospital part-time. So, you know, I'll do like three or four shifts a fortnight, but you'd have, you know, a week off and then I'd come in the next week and I'd be like, bloody hell, like it's changed again. So it would be like, okay, so, you know, now you can only wear hospital scrubs um, on a birth suite shift. Mm. Oh, now if someone's in active labour and they're using a gas, you have to wear full PPE. And it just like, it just kept changing all the time. It was very hard to keep up. And I I, I found like a lot of people in the community – we're like, oh, it must be so hard working in healthcare doing this. And it's like, well, I mean, it's hard working in healthcare, minus a p- global pandemic. But um, the inconsistent advice that oh, yes. we were getting about what to do and what not to do was what I found the hardest. Like frustrating. Yeah, yeah. really frustrating because, you, you know, we had, we had doctors floating down to ED to help them out, but then coming back, like, I just felt like there was no consistency. And probably how the ED outbreak happened. But this is what I found most difficult is this ridiculous on again, off again, you have to wear it, you don't have to wear it, wear it here, don't wear it here. There was never any consistent advice. I remember a staff member, an Asian staff member, wearing it back in March and getting told to take it off that's ridiculous. Don't wear that. And she was like, but it makes sense to wear it. 
Mm. And she got basically in trouble for wearing it. For wearing a mask, like yeah. a face mask, yeah. But now, like, we wear them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like yes. a permanent fixture yes. on our face. I said, uh, we had a woman that was supposed to have a swab and then it wasn't communicated and then no one knew when she was going to have a baby and all like theater uh, stuff and oh that day that day oh, yeah stuff and doctors and nurses and she'd already come across and then you know luckily we had really quick um turnaround on swabs but it was just yeah it was a bit of a debacle mm. and then, yeah and i think the visiting hours yes. as well was one of the hardest hardest things and mm. Still is. Yeah, and I get like, and sometimes, you know, especially, to be honest, I never get when you've just had a baby, why you want a gazillion people to come and see you because you're bloody tired, you've got a newborn baby. But whatever, people, People you know, people do and they want that. And telling people that, sorry, no, I think it got, you know, and that kept changing as well. So every time I'd always have to be like, wait, wait, before I advise you what our visiting hours are, Mm. let me check because we had a different policy across birth suite, across Mm. um, the ward, across special care. Yeah. Like there was a different policy for each area and it was like, and hang we on. in a hospital that's culturally quite diverse. Yes, yeah. Um, and women are used to having their mother-in-law or yeah. their mother or their or sister, sister. Yeah, and their husband. And now saying to someone, sorry, you can only have one person. For one in, hour. One hour. Yeah, or you can have one person who can go into your birth with you. That same person is the only one person who's allowed to visit you on the ward and mm. they can come in for one hour a day. Yeah. Like – First time mums. Yes. Second and third. I was finding multis, like women who have had three or four babies struggling because they've never done all this stuff before because they've always had someone else do yeah. it for them and they, which they, is fine and they want it and I you know yeah. I get you've just had a baby like I don't get having you know gazillion aunts and uncles there but of course you want your partner there yeah like the person who's you know the you want your support the dad or the mum or your support person like yeah. of course you want them there yeah, and exactly. I know we where we work I think where we only had a couple of rooms where partners could stay so um you know but they could still generally come in for pretty much the whole day yeah. and be with them and hang out with their little baby. Then, and All of a sudden yeah. it was like one hour and they couldn't even bring no, siblings. There were mums who were like, I haven't, you know, spent three nights away from my two-year-old. Yeah. And they want to go home yeah. early, which starts the ball rolling of early discharges. And Did you find that you had a lot more people discharging early? Yes. And a lot of people that unfortunately, as much as you want to give them all the education, they weren't ready to go home because they just wanted to get out and be with their families, which caused a lot of readmits. Did, yeah, I was going to say that. Did you feel that you got a lot of readmits afterwards? Yes. Yeah. Like for mum and baby? Just for baby. There were a few mums yeah. that got readmitted, but it was really hard because then it puts the extra pressure on the home visiting girls because they're mm. giving all that extra education yeah, and we're well. spending longer in their house. Yeah. And then we're spending a longer time in the community. And then when you're going to the houses, you guys then have to wear full PPE we for did every... That. We did during the second yeah. wave. We had to... So how did you... I always oh, sorry, because I, I don't do the, the home visits. So then how did you then dispose of this PPE? Because obviously when you're in a hospital, you've got this full PPE and you're meant to be putting it in like a that clinical... Like a that is a great question, A clinical Carly. waste bin. Like what was the... Part, Garbage like, collector. Look, I think we all sort of did it slightly differently, all safely, but differently. Were you given an official, this is what you have to do? Or did you find that that communication was was lacking? It was a little bit skewed because technically you're supposed to have a don and doff 
buddies. Area. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Adorning yeah. Goff buddies. So, yeah. Like, you see all signs around ho- hospitals, even globally, talking about help yeah. your workmates yeah. get it on and off safely, yeah. which is great. But if you're in the community, you don't have anyone else with yeah. you. And it's raining, it's hailing, it's windy, it's sunny, and then it's raining again because that's our state. And then you have 15 minutes to actually go in there and be face-to-face and you've got... You know, I had a mum that goes, I've never bathed my baby. I'm like, well, I can't leave you not to bath your baby. So we bathed the baby, which was longer than 15 minutes, as mums are like, have dehissed wounds. And and you can't, you're told you can only spend this much time. So you're donning outside with near the car. Yeah. And like, did you get neighbours coming out and looking at you? I had people look at me in the street because I was putting on like... Of course, because you're putting on like a gown and a face mask and goggles. Um, And then you'd go in and because I'm so little, the gown goes all the way down to my feet. So all you can see are my eyes and a bit of my shoes. Kids would cry because I obviously look like a scary alien. Yeah. Did you find that? I definitely found in, you know, when we were talking about, oh, you've got to build up this instant relationship in birth suite. And I found, you know, you're going to this room and all of a sudden you they can't really okay. see your face. It's hard for them to hear what you're yes. saying. Yes. I definitely felt like that hindered a little bit the sort of rapport yes. building. Even now with yes. masks on and stuff like that, like people just don't. <laughs> Carly's dog's going crazy. Um, <laughs> people just don't. Like how much do we rely on that non-verbal mouth? communication yeah. as well? Someone, someone said something to me the other day at a home visit and I and I was sort of thankful I had the mask on because I'm like pretty sure my facial expression from from my nose down to my chin would have given away how I really felt about what they said to me. Um, so in some ways, it it's good. Like it blocks out something. Yeah. But at the same time, then we're a whole bunch of generation, like a generation of midwives who are losing our poker face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but in terms of disposing of PP in the community, we were supposed to doff yeah. Take it all off, just outside the house, put it in a bag. Yeah. And leave it there. And they would dispose of it. Oh, so the family were meant to dispose of it. Did yeah. the families know this? I think it was, but we were supposed to send this big, long text okay. message before we yeah. went out to the home. But, but well, you know, people don't speak English. They don't read English. And then you say, you know, in the message is only mum and baby in the room. And you get there and grandma's there and dad's there. And then you can hear the extended family yeah. in the background. So the hardest part working during this is how much culturally diverse people really Mm. didn't know what was going on. I went to places and they didn't have masks. They didn't have, I gave a family a bottle of my hand sanitizer sanitizer because they just had nothing. Mm. I gave them a bunch of masks and hand because they just had nothing. They didn't even have a TV. She didn't know what was going on. Mm. She barely spoke English. And I just found there was this, this huge group of a population and a divide within who was watching press conferences. Who are they going to listen to? They're not going to listen to the premier. They're going to listen to their cultural leader or their mm. spiritual leader. Or So I found that was really difficult because you'd say to them, oh, I have to take off my 
PPE here and leave it in the bag, yeah. and they'd be looking at you like you're. you're Why are you leaving yeah. this? Yeah, crazy person. Yeah, Why are you leaving this. Yeah. And did you find people got? I know um, because at one point, you know, with our visiting hours, they kept changing. The harshest visiting restrictions we had at one point was in the special care nursery. Only one mm. parent was allowed to visit at a time, mm. um, which is obviously hard. You've got this little baby who's sick, and you can't go in there with your partner. Most people were understanding. We did get a few angry people and it, it always made me feel like I was kind of like oh my god I feel like I'm the one telling you of, I'm sorry sir you can't come see your baby yeah. I, yeah. like it made me feel like I was the one saying that like yeah. I'm making this decision like and I know I'm not but the way they would get so mad at you or they'd just look at you like you've kind of destroyed the world and you'll be like oh my god I feel oh so god. bad like I, it's not me like I'm not making this rule the but like but that's like rule. what you're making me feel like you're making yeah. me feel terrible and I'm just here trying to do my job I, I have people saying to me what happens once you leave my home like what about my maternal child health nurse and I always like were you guys doing home visits um I work at a different council to the council at two but I worked from home for three months so Mm. I think with some of them the more closely um areas that were more affected weren't doing home visits at all so yeah. it ended up being a lot of phone consults but it was, but you're doing them now right yes yes okay. fully back to face to face face to face and we're in phone. january now just because i'm not sure when this podcast is gonna go out <laughs> yeah. so yeah so, so we're, we're like january 2021 so we're kind of like now at the sort of the end ish yeah. hopefully of are this. you finding pe- like i've i'm finding people at the moment on postnatal ward to be a little bit more angrier about changes in visiting hours. So now So siblings, what are they because I haven't worked on a postnatal yeah, ward, so are I we think, sort of up to like normal visiting hours yeah, now? So the partner can come in. They can't chop and change. So between two there's two specific hours of the day. Yeah. And, six, so and is it just one allocated where, person or where another can, person can come okay. and that can be a younger sibling. Come on, how many people just have two kids in our community? They've got four or five and they want to bring all their kids in, but they can't. So I'm finding people are getting more frustrated because Mm. they're being told they can have this person. And we had a family the other day that were chopping and changing people and we didn't know because we were so busy. Yeah. And the only reason we knew is because the people in the bed next to them told us. And then when we told them, sorry, these are these are our current rules. Yeah. The partner became so is this, angry. Do we know? Is this a hospital sort of rule, or is this kind of this is a state? Like, I is this sort of statewide, or it's just it's just yeah. so it's come from the Department of Health? Yeah. So this oh, is okay. across yeah. all hospitals. hospitals. Okay, yeah. So I find people are getting more frustrated because we've had this zero cases for so yeah. long in our particular state. And then we've had this little surge in like a, a little outbreak in a community, yeah. community area. And, you know, we're doing all the right things, but we have to then say to people, remember, like we have people walking around the ward with their mask down on their chin and you have to remind them. And the other day, some guy huffed at me when I was like, oh, sir, can you please put your mask up over your nose? He's like, oh, like it makes a difference. And I'm like, well, then fuck off. Like that's I didn't say that. Just yeah, so that's why I wear a mask. But Do I, we feel like it's because obviously because where we are, you know, we're in Melbourne, mm-hmm. so we had that really harsh lockdown. And compared to some news stories you see from around the world, where you know their hospitals are overrun and they're having yeah. these like thousands and thousands of cases and their death rates really high, we don't see that. We don't see that here. And, yeah, and so a lot of people in the public are just like, well. You know what? Like, why are we even and doing Australia's this? Like, it's not so bad. Really lucky. Yeah, exactly. Cases, even yeah. at the height 
for Melbourne. Yeah. We, our case numbers, even though they were high for us, and I understand that, but... In the general scheme of things. In the general so, scheme yeah. of things. They were very low. Yeah. Compared to, to world stats. The UK. And yeah. The UK and I think we've got a very good, you know, we're very lucky. We've got a very good health system here. Mm. And I feel like despite the government shortcomings, they did kind of lock down and have all these ICU wards set up. They had nurses mm. retrained and people were mm. reallocated. That's the right word, you know, to different areas. Yeah, yeah. So even if we did have a big influx, we're mm. very prepared so that it wouldn't be the case where I heard like an interview with a European doctor, basically, I think he was Belgian, but I'm not sure I could be wrong. Basically, he was saying, you know, they're in a smaller town and they're at the point where, you know, they're having so many sick people that they mm. are having to, yep. to you know, yeah, oh, you can have an ICU bed, you can't. Oh, yep. half of my nurses are infected with COVID, but we don't have any other nurses. They're asymptomatic, so they have to come to work. And it's like, what what the hell? Like, it's like, we're not experiencing this or seeing it. So I think it's very hard to kind of kind of say to people in the public, oh, sorry, you can't come in because of this for something that they can't see. No, there's a Facebook thing going around um, about how, oh, for months, you know, healthcare workers were thanked and this and that and healthcare heroes and free coffees and 50% off Nando's, which was fucking awesome. By the I way. mean, to be honest, you actually yeah, still get so 20% off Nando's in case you didn't realize. So I don't think anyone knew this, but <laughs> before this help it, healthcare worker thing, Nando's always did a standard 20% off for a healthcare worker. Oh, really? So by the just... way, we don't like, we're not. Oh, no, yeah. Not <laughs> I mean, I'm vegetarian, <laughs> but they can totally sponsor me for the veggie burgers. Um, but anyway, so just so people know, Chips yeah. Yeah. Mm. They, you, that they always did that. So for some places always have these little cheeky discounts that people weren't yeah. aware of. And it was only highlighted when this. Yeah. yeah and I remember going up. to get a coffee, like height of pandemic where you could only go within the five kilometer radius. And my coffee shop was just like a hundred meters inside it. So I was like, yes. And I went to order a coffee one day and then oh, I came off. I think it was off a night shift or something. I came to get like a croissant or something delicious. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you were a midwife. And I was like, oh yeah, like I've come off nights. So I'm getting a cinnamon scroll and a this and that. And she's like, coffee's on us. Oh, I love that. I was like, what? <laughs> and then the lady behind me. Yeah like put money in this jar and she's like next time she's here the coffee's on me and i was oh like oh my god that's so nice what? yeah i did no this was that's so and the nice yeah like, didn't you she's like didn't you know and i was like i i no i didn't know yeah and she's like how how did you not know and i was like i don't she's like people get free coffee at like fast food restaurants i'm like well i don't get coffee from fast <laughs> yeah <food laughs> There was a Facebook post going around like just recently saying, oh, we don't get thanked anymore. And I'm like, why? Come on. I mean, it's it's nice. Like it was nice to get thanked. But at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, sound harsh, but like this is your job and this is a job you've chosen to do. So you don't go to your job expecting to get thanked. Seriously, (laughs) we're we're in a country at the moment that's doing really well. Yeah. And I don't feel like I need to be. No. No. I think I appreciate it. We still had a job. Maybe other people feel differently that are working in different areas and shout out to us and say, yo, you have no idea what you're talking about. And that's fine. We like, we want to hear from other people. Let us know if you have had a completely different experience working in a different area or a different part mm. of Australia or even overseas, yeah. everyone's 
experienced. Food. And I think in terms of like job security, like mm. I had always, even before this, I'd always been like, I'm a nurse in midwife. I can get work anywhere. I'll never be out of work. And mm. I know for most people, most people actually were fine, had lots of work. I actually went through one period. So as you no, like I'm part-time at the hospital. So only doing like three or four shifts there a fortnight. So essentially like two a week. And then all my other jobs were, were casual. So I work a lot, just I work a lot of different places. So all my other jobs were casual. Now when this, when obviously this happened, all my casual work shut down. So all of yes, a sudden yes. I was only working like one or two days a week. And I was like, oh my God, this is yeah like what the fuck am I going to do a lot of people had had to cancel their leave so there wasn't actually that many extra shifts at my hospital because there were all these people now that were working and people so had elective surgeries were cancelled were cancelled yes yeah, so they had well. all they had all this extra stuff yeah. so I went through probably about two months where I was literally going oh my god I've got like no money because I'm you know I'm yeah. after tax or whatever I'm probably taking home like $300 a week like who can live yeah. on that and then that's when I discovered all my many COVID jobs so yes. along yes. with this pandemic it has created all these jobs that didn't exist before so testing stations working at the airport COVID hotline and now even we're seeing all these individual companies sort of going oh hang on a second we now need COVID things to go yeah well we need people to test for COVID we want nurses to come here and do this infection control so it has all of a sudden created all these jobs you know that weren't there before you know I met a few nurses who had come out of retirement or nurses who had let their registration lapse for whatever reason and now all of a sudden they had a way back in yeah there were people who had finished university and could we all know how hard it is to get a grad year people right. who are unable to get a grad year were now able to get into nursing doing these jobs yeah. even I was like paramedics who hadn't got a grad year were now working mm. um, which was great for that for all these jobs yeah. yeah so and now with this second wave I feel like because a lot of the surgeries are back and then you know there's all these new jobs have been allocated in terms of like hotels and airport and now they had this massive wave and now they're like shit hang on now we need all these nurses for like uh you know to work at the testing site so like the other day I was getting messages going oh can you work at this testing site 7 30 in the morning to 8 30 at night and I was like what the hell like it's like a 13 hour shift and like you can see from the news people are queuing for hours and And I one of the I remember back during the second wave when I was working in a high risk area in the clinic and that's where they were doing all the testing and the, the, the queue was down the road and I was just like, oh, this fucking sucks. Like, this is just yeah. so bad. But now because we've been through that second wave, we've been yeah. through that lockdown and I now see, and back then I probably would have had a different opinion, but I now see the importance of all these of people, all these testing. These people yeah. coming. So now I'm looking at all of our fellow Victorians going, yeah, fucking yeah, we're killing it. We're doing such a good job. And it's made me proud to live here where previously I was like, fuck this day. <laughs> it's all about adaptability because you yeah. you've got two young kids, Laura, and, you know, managing that with working and student. COVID and homeschooling. So it's a lot about, a lot of us adapted. Yeah, I was just going to say that. How did you find that with like homeschooling and working? So how old are your kids? My kids are nine and 13. So did you feel that you could just be like, here's a laptop, get on with it? 
My you son, can. yes. Yeah. My older one, the 13-year-old, yeah. he's very independent and um, he's a quick learner. He does, He's always been like that. Yeah. Actually, to be perfectly honest, I think I might have helped him with like one project where he had to like sew a sock puppet or I don't know. God, even I couldn't I do that. Yeah. Not a sewer. Yeah. Cool for help on Neither that can I. And it was very funny. And he's kept the sock puppet because it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, I think I helped him maybe with that. But... Other than that, I didn't have much to do with it. My nine-year-old, however, it cannot sit still for love nor money. Nothing will make her sit still. During the first block of homeschooling, I would do some homeschooling. Their dad, when they went to their dad's place, they would do some homeschooling. We were just trying to like chop and change it. And then I applied for special leave and got knocked back. And then during the second wave, I applied for special leave again. So our hospital was offering... Um, special COVID leave for people who, whose kids had schools that weren't taking them or were, they couldn't go to school. So both my kids' schools were taking kids that had essential workers as parents, but essentially what they were doing was putting them in a room. With a teacher or? A supervisor, a teacher. But yeah. They, no, the teacher would have like, teacher. you know, four or five different year levels. To look okay. After. So it wasn't like one teacher per year. It was just like, like, okay. like daycare really. And they weren't getting, yeah. they were just getting supervision. So my son's high school was like, mm, we really don't want people here. But I was like, he's fine at home. And my daughter's school was like, oh, she can come, but she'll just be sitting in this room. And both of you know my daughter. <laughs> and she's just, she just doesn't, wouldn't respond to that. I had to get letters from a psychologist, letter from a doctor, and letter from her teacher for them to finally give me COVID leave so I could stay home and homeschool her for three weeks and not have to go to work at the same time. And I know that there are people who did not get that opportunity and were busting their gut trying to homeschool. And, and I, knew, I knew girls at yeah. work that were coming to work and leaving their kids at home with laptops, just telling them to do their and what else, And what else can you do at the end of the day? Because yeah. you still have to work because you still need yeah. to pay for things. And, and we're lucky exactly. we've got our jobs. And then you can't, if you don't have the yeah. leave to take it so off. So I got then, the three weeks yeah. of leave. And I was also studying for my LC exam at the same time. And Abigail was becoming increasingly difficult to homeschool and one day I had a breakdown and Penny came and rescued me. It was a caring capacity if anyone out there is listening and not worried it, about the it was. I was yeah, I, I was I was mentally not well, was I? No, no. I wasn't I wasn't no, no. right. Yeah. Unfortunately that happened with a lot of parents, a lot of my clients and had difficulties with new babies and homeschooling and not having extended family coming from overseas to help. That really yeah. It got a lot of um, mental health issues, but it actually empowered a lot of parents to actually say, you know what, I can do this. So that was one positive that came out of it. Unfortunately, mm. there's a lot of negatives from COVID. But one thing I realized is that they teach mathematics in a very different way than I got taught mathematics. I'm like, just use your fingers, just count it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, the, the English, I was like, what is this? I've got to, God, I've got to Google this and find out what this actually means. How to use this in a sentence? Yeah, yeah. I tell so. you, um, one interesting thing that I found came out of this is they actually had a decline in the amount of premature babies that we admit to the nursery really so yeah which was interesting and it was not <laughs> not be the opposite i know Penny which is weird no which is weird so not only happened here but also happened in a couple of
of other countries. I'm not sure what countries because I can't remember. I should probably, you know, research this thing, but it might have been Sweden or something. But no one can, I mean, no one's done a proper research study on it. It was more just like, these are the stats, you know, because every, you know, Mm, we have like stats. So this is how many prem babies. And there were actually a decline in the amount of prem babies admitted. But it's not sure if that's you know directly related or something like no one really knows the reason why but it's just kind of interesting to go you know is it because less inductions were being booked because you know because of COVID like um you know were less inductions being booked or were people I did find on birth suite that people weren't coming in as much so often you know some obviously if something's wrong with your baby whatever come in definitely you're not happy you're not feeling your baby move come in but you know sometimes you'd get people come in and they didn't really necessarily need to come in they'd be like oh I've had one contraction whatever and you're like no no you're not in labor you need to go home and then sometimes you would get people that just like no I'm not going home and obviously once they're there you can't just let them sit there and be in early labor for have along yeah and then once they're there so sometimes intervention starts so I did find that people were you know when they'd call up on the phone and you triage them they were listening a bit more they you know if you'd say no you're fine you don't need to come in they would be okay but we won't come in because they weren't wanting to come in we're taking more control of their bodies yeah yeah maybe or not just or sometimes I don't know if people would say you know from everything you're telling me it's fine you can stay home sometimes I don't know if people wouldn't trust that in what you were saying. And yeah. then they're coming anyway and, and you just send them and home. Like, that's because we but, were locked down. Yeah. But whereas in this lockdown, people were a little bit more reluctant to come in. So I yeah. think that happened in EDs yeah. as well. You found, you know, people mm. weren't falling over and, you know, cutting their knee and going to ED. Mm. They were actually only going to ED if they needed it. Mm. This is something that needs because to go to ED to because they're trying to avoid. Yeah. One of the things I found during COVID is when I was visiting, home visiting mm-hmm. um, and talking to family, I found that more people were, I have never been offered more food, more coffee, presents, more things ever than during the one time I couldn't fucking take them. You know, when someone offers you a container of food back yeah. in the day, I mean, I might have taken a sneaky butter chicken here and there because, you know, yeah. like here, we're going to give you this. And you're always like saying, no, no, I'm in full PPE. I can't be taking your food out of the house. Yeah. And they're offering me food like to take with me. And I'm oh, like, oh, but that's sweet, sweet, but, but you so can't. Sweet. Yeah. I've never been offered so much. They were all so worried about me. And people were asking me, is the temperature in my house okay? You must be hot. People were so actively worried about my health suddenly or how I was. Like, are you hungry? You're going to be hungry when you leave my house, take my food. And I'm like, I can't even touch your doorknob. I found like a really big increase mm-hmm. in that sort of thing you know what I say found as well just like within the personal life now the amount of well basically all my family overseas mm. and a lot of my friends are overseas as well but I found the the zoom calls which now became such a thing like facetiming you know with my girlfriend and stuff you know we'd chat on facebook or messenger or whatever but now everyone was making a point of right let's set a date let's set a time yeah. let's make sure we all do we so and we did as well like I caught up and chatted with people more than I do just in like a normal sort of time because everyone was making more of an effort effort. yeah yeah definitely I was grateful when I walked in I saw you guys 
<laughs> at the end of a night shift for yeah. like half an hour talk before you left yeah. door. Just that little chat and like people would say, oh, at least you still see your nibbifling yeah. friend. Well, but that, we don't. I get it if people were all of a sudden having to work from home by themselves mm-hmm. and not see anyone. Like for us, it yeah. was at least we yeah. were having that interaction. We were, yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, who worked in maybe more stressful areas to do with COVID, maybe overseas mm. or something, that was not even an option. But I mean, they had time to make fucking TikTok videos. So, you know. Like. I had two yeah. friends. <laughs> <laughs> I had two friends that worked in ED. Um, yeah. I never message. made a TikTok video. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> and what are you thinking about that? Because obviously we don't have the vaccine here yet. We um, It's mm. in England. My nan had it. Oh, um, okay. So. Why isn't it here? Or it is here? No, no, it's not here. It's not here yet. So. Our prime minister is just, from what I heard, he has, he's wanted to, I I don't know how about this is, but I think, yeah, Yeah. I think they're sort of waiting to maybe see how it goes in England, which is fair enough. Like it's a lot of money to spend on a vaccine if it's not, if it doesn't work or doesn't help. Um, They're trying to aim for herd immunity. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Would you have the vaccine? I don't think I'd be keen on it. What Mm. if, so you know how we have to have at, as nurses and midwife, we have to have mandatory flu vaccines. Yeah. If they said to you, it's mandatory, um, I mean, I guess you don't really have a choice. Well, you have a choice with the flu vaccine now. With the flu vaccine, tra- obviously, well, if you we have to have the flu vaccine. Like, I get the flu vaccine. My kids get yeah. the vaccine. Okay. I guess with the COVID vaccine, there's not enough evidence evidence to show that it's going to work. That it's going to work sort of long term yeah, I, get, yeah. I get that and also the long-term side effects where things like the flu vaccine has been around for so long like they've seen a lot yeah stuff in the flu vaccine even though when we have it uh, like what if there's a different strain it's not going to cover everything no it's, it's not like a- australia is very stringent on it so i'm an mm. immunization nurse as well yeah. they are very stringent on their guidelines about yeah. what they will and won't let in and what will yeah. pass their exactly. testing so I don't. I like, probably get it because I've heard the side effects of COVID can really knock you bad from someone who's already got mm. ongoing respiratory issues. Mm. I don't really want to take that risk of. And you guys both have for, asthma, don't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Being mm. held up for debilitating. Side and this effects. is one of the things I found during COVID. I would have an asthma attack. I knew. I mm. I know. My body. Yeah. But then obviously that looks, that could look like a sign or symptom of. Yeah. But they're like, oh, you have to get a COVID test. I'm like, no, I'm probably better off staying. At home. at home and not going yeah. to work and looking after you know myself yeah. myself and yeah. taking my ventolin and finding the trigger yeah. which is usually something I've, yes. I've eaten or something in yeah. the air um then getting in my car and traveling to a public hospital and standing in line with a bunch of people and getting a COVID test yeah. I remember getting swabbed and they're like do you have shortness of breath I'm like well I have asthma it's not normal so I do think- you have a runny nose um, hay fever. You always like, have a runny nose. <laughs> you always have a runny nose, but the problem is you go to work and you have a runny but nose. But it's like new symptoms. Yeah. And I kept saying, you know, that's, I feel like that's something that most people now get. It's like, it's, is it a new symptom? You know what one thing I did like though? So often I would, you know, pre-COVID, people would come to work and they'd have a bit of a cold or stuff. And I'd be like, oh my God, why are you at work? Because now everyone's going to get this cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I don't feel that bad. And it used to really annoy me. And I'd be like, we're working with fucking newborn babies. And, blah, blah, blah. and yeah. it used to really annoy me. Like, I wouldn't, you know what? We have this sick leave to get paid. I never felt bad about calling it sick. Fuck it, calling it sick. But I did it's notice since this happened, people weren't coming in sick with these yeah. little things, which I thought was great. Yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely made people realize. Yeah, definitely. But Although yeah. I rocked up with hay fever once and people look at you like, yeah. you know, like people start to get a lot more. A lot more judgment on it. One thing you are looking forward to post COVID, Laura. 
post-COVID. I mean, who knows how long that will be? Me, like, 10 years time, 20, I don't know. What am I looking forward to post-COVID? Yeah. Actually being able to go somewhere internationally, like Italy. I was planning to go to Italy with my friend Colleen last yeah. year and fucking COVID. I'll yeah. that up. So just being able to travel. I'm yes. normally on a plane three or four times a year. Yeah. I want to be able to just go over to Western Australia and visit my family that I haven't seen yeah. in ages. Travel. 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 And what about you, Pen? Travel. Also, just the freedom of of going out and not knowing that you have to scan your phone at a restaurant or... Like, that's fine. If they said you have to wear a mask. Yeah. It's just the freedom. The freedom. Yeah. The freedom. Going to the football. Getting married this year. Yeah, fingers crossed. You're getting married this year, Janet. Yeah. And I think I'm just saying to travel the freedom, you know, being able to go to your friends, let's meet at this bar on a Saturday and not going, oh, shit, hang on, we've got a book. Oh, no, we didn't book for enough people. We've got to, like, yes. You know, oh, the three of us want to go, like, before you get married. Oh, we'll go for a weekend away. weekend away and know that it's not going to be cancelled. Yes. Yeah. Tazzy, not even. Borders are closed. We can go to Tazzy. We can go to Tazzy. I know people. And <laughs> I don't think- Guys, well, and girls and whoever's listening, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will be back next week with an unknown topic as yet. Ooh, um, ooh, what should we surprise, talk about? But if no, there, let's talk about bullying. If there yes. is anything that you would like to talk about, um, obviously send us a DM message, follow us on Facey Head on View Podcast, like us, comments. subscribe and all that jazz. <laughs> And we will see you next week. Bye, bitches. Bye. Bye. And be sure to tune in next time for more laughs, thrills, and real stories from real midwives on Head On View. I didn't know it was still recording.